In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey everyone, Michael Antonovich with Swap Moto Live bringing you this episode of the 60 Kickstart Podcast. Joining me for this one is Dominic Gayton and Chase Curtis. We're going to talk about the 2020 Trans Am Vet Classic at Glen Helen that ran this weekend, plus some updates that we hear about the 2020 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship. So boys, you guys both were at Glen Helen all weekend holding down court for uh, the Trans Am. How was it? It was fun. What about from a rider's perspective, Dominic? Yeah, um, yeah, it was cool. For, I mean, for everyone, some people set up Thursday, Friday morning, everyone, most of the vendors set up, and then we had a little practice on Friday morning to just check out where the track went. Um, and then, you know, Saturday morning, first thing. Saturday was brutal. Chase and I were talking about that earlier, about how, you know, not, not only, I think, I don't know if it was because there was just more racers on Saturday or, I mean, how hot do you think it was Saturday, Chase? It had to be. So I looked, I think, at like 2 o'clock, and it was 87, but the big thing was like 40% humidity. And so I think that caught a lot of us out of off guard. We were all pretty much exhausted at the end of the day on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday really even, I mean, and I ended up trying to ride two classes on Saturday, which was four motos in that one day. And, man, that was a mistake because it really yeah. it really sucked it out of me because it was so hot and you just never, you never cooled off. And then, I mean, the track was brutal on Saturday. Just, I mean, I, I don't think I've ridden, I mean, as you know, as you guys know, I'm not a fan of Glen Helen by any means. It just doesn't suit <laughs> me, but I'm trying to become a better rider there. But uh, it, it was the last time I did World Vet was probably the roughest time I've, I've ridden at that place. Yeah. Yeah, and then Sunday was almost like a completely opposite day. It didn't even seem like the two days were on the same weekend. Sunday was all overcast and beautiful out. Even the track was like amazing Sunday. Yeah, I mean, sat Sunday morning, it, it was. we had checked the weather and we're like, man, is this really going to be? I mean, it must have dropped 10 degrees on Sunday. You know? Yeah. And, and like you said, full overcast. I saw people in the morning with hoodies on because it was kind of chilly and and yeah, the sun I don't think even came out till about twelve thirty one o'clock. So the track was just mint all day on Sunday. So those of you out there that that sissied out and got scared from Saturday, you missed it on Sunday. Yeah, it was like a private ride day on Sunday. <laughs> it was amazing. With you guys uh, being a vet race, you know that takes away a lot of the REM Saturday stuff. So then Glen Helen's the whole property gets turned into that racetrack. So Dahmer. What was that course like this year? Because it connected both of them again, right? Yeah, it, I mean, it didn't go all. I mean, it really just went into the backside and made a right, went up over one of the hillsides, made a quick right turn again and back over again, almost like two big old tabletops back in and over, and then and then chicaned back, and then you jumped back into the main track, which was which was awesome, and I was surprised that jump stayed perfect the entire weekend. Um, it didn't really get the faces, didn't get really rutted where you couldn't jump it. So that, that was really fun. That, that was kind of a cool thing. I know, I know on Friday during practice, they had to, there was a lot of complaints about some of the, the, the REM part. You know, I mean, a lot of people were even like, you just take it out. Don't even run it. Like it's not, you don't need to, but they did some tractor work and, 
And I know Aaron Cook and Craig David even went and rode the track, so they got a perspective of how it was. And they did a couple tweaks here and there that I think I think made it a lot better for racing. Because um, they had like a, they had like two split lanes back there when you came back when you came into the REM, and then when you came back before you left the REM, it was two split lanes. You can take an inside or an outside, um, which uh, which ended up it ended up working out to be okay. Yeah, one of the things I was talking to with some racers yesterday was how the track was like actually like perfect for the event because yes, it was a little challenging, but it was there was nothing gnarly to where like beginner guys were having bad get-offs or anything. The beginner guys were able to cruise around and have a good race, and at the same time, the pro guys were able to push each other and just like fly around the track. But it was challenging at the same time. It was, it was pretty cool. There was one section where jumping back from the REM track, they're jumping down this hill, and Dahmer actually pointed it out, and man, Alex Ray was jumping so far down the hill, you could not even see where he was landing, you just see his shadow floating down, it's was, it was pretty crazy to watch. <laughs> yeah, and that section, you came out of this right turn in the back, and you probably maybe had a 20, 10 to 15, 20 foot run before it started going up the hill, and the face of it was probably 30 feet tall. And then, yeah. you know, a table topped off about another probably 20 feet and then just dropped easily over 100 feet down the backside, yeah. you know. And those guys were just sending it over that whole thing. It was cr- – and then when you were standing, in, like, in the main track over, like, where the – kind of the starting line just by the fence that you could see through the tree and you could see, and you could see them come over the top. And it was, it was insane to see. I mean, they were just – and they were going so fast, so fast. Yeah. Who were uh, who were some of the fast vet pro guys that came out and uh, did battle? There was uh, Kurt Nicole, of course, uh, Mike Sleater, Alex Ray, Brock Shoemaker, um, Chicken Matasevich. Chicken was there, yeah, yeah. There's there's a fair amount. There's a couple other guys, but I think the the, the weekend the overalls were pretty much between A Ray and uh, Brock all weekend they were battling and out they seemed to have a little edge on everybody else mm. yeah. yeah that plus 25 race at the end of the day yesterday was pretty insane yeah how uh was there a big turnout in every class or was it able to be like hey 10 12 guys per per group no i mean obviously saturday i think saturday was the day i mean it seemed like uh you know i think it's i think a lot of people said hey i'm gonna just race sun saturday and not come on sunday but and then there was also dudes that didn't come Saturday that showed up to race on Sunday. Um, but Sunday seemed or Saturday seemed to be the day. And I mean, most of the gates were packed all yeah. day on Saturday. Yeah. There might've been a couple two, maybe two classes per gate or something, but, but for the most part there, there was packed gates. I mean, I, I'm, we were parked right there and I mean, you could just hear the roar. Sometimes I'd look up and I'd be like, Oh my God, how many guys are in this race? Just powering yeah. Talladega there, you know? That was the first race that Glen Helens had since this whole shutdown thing started. So how was how was it to be back at the track and going through all that stuff? That was one uh, of the cool things. There's so many people there that I hadn't seen for forever and just who haven't seen each other in forever because of all everything going on. And so a lot of people were saying, like, just thanking the sponsors and the promoters for putting it on because they literally haven't hung out with their friends in forever. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was definitely you know it, that was a cool thing to see. Even Sunday, we were I was helping some vendors tear down stuff, and you know the racing was over, and you know most everyone had kind of left, but there was still a lot of guys still you know collecting trophies and prizes that 
you know, a lot of the vendors had given out, like OGO Power Sports had given out, you know, helmet bags and, and goggle bags and full-blown 9,800 gear bags. And, I mean, I saw I started, I saw Kurt Nickel, Nicole walking away with, like, a big old gear bag and his trophies. And, I mean, he was just ear-to-ear smile. And uh, Grandpa Pete Murray, same thing. I mean, the guy's over six years old. He's a savage, wrote a few classes. And he had just a handful of trophies, got an Ironman award. You know, Nihilo made us insane Ironman trophies. And... And like I said, you know, these, these guys have ridden their entire lives, right? I mean, they've been getting trophies since they were little kids. And here they are in their 60s, and they're out there shredding. And they left their just, like, little, you know, giddy little schoolgirls just so happy, like, just had the, so much fun. And, and I think that, I think that, like Chase was saying earlier, being what's gone on with the quarantines and all that stuff, for this to be a big, you know, vet race for them to come out and, and like I said, hang out with fellow other racers that they've ridden with and to, to, to just, just spend the time and get out there and do it. I think they were, I think that was the best part of it all. Dahmer, did you chase a uh, Iron Man glory or did you just not even? No, 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 I, I, I didn't, I didn't want any part of that. Did you get a whole shot award for that rolling start? Uh, I should have, I should have. I think Which I, one? I think, I, yeah, I, I had some pretty good starts. So starts were never a problem for me at Glen Helen. <laughs> Chase, now that you've seen how fun vet racing is, are you just eagerly awaiting the time that you turn 25? Oh, yeah. These, these next four years can't come by. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird to see because I, I do the the regular swap motor races too, and that's just like almost a whole other level. Like the Trans Am is always everyone's grinning ear to ear. And then just the amateur side of things you see, there's still those serious trends and stuff where sometimes it's almost like, oh, I don't know, this is a little too gnarly just to have fun. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to be 25 and be able to do it. <laughs> I think it's a lot. I mean, I'm bummed that I always miss it every year that it's gone on, that it's been a vet race. I've been out of town either at the pro Supercross races or in this situation that we're in now. I would love to do that stuff because going to those races is so fun. You know that everybody that's out there is going to race you a little bit cleaner than they would. I mean, yeah, there might be some takeouts if a win's on the line, but, you know, they'll do what they got to do to keep it safe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I mean, everyone's racing hard. They, they want to have a time, but at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> most, most of the people out there, you know, they got to go back to work on Monday, you know. No one's, no one's trying to, you know, clean someone's clock for a, you know, plastic trophy. There have been a couple um, Loretta's qualifiers and regionals and all that stuff since all this has started, but I really can't think of like a major standalone race that's been like this at any point in time. Uh, a couple like Oklahoma stuff, stuff like that, but West Coast race can't think of anything. So with having the industry there, how was the industry turnout and the industry presence? It was cool. And I think one of the cool things is almost every uh, brand that was set up in the pits that you could come through and look at all the products had their employees racing on the track. Like bell had Benny and Kyle were both racing on Saturday. Uh, pro taper had their guys racing. Like everyone that had a booth, Pilo was racing. They were on the track having fun too. Yeah, that was, that was cool to see. Like I said, like they said, pretty much literally almost every vendor sponsor of the event that was there on hand. were also racing and participating in the event. You know, and then even on Saturday, like I was really surprised to see, uh, you know, especially in our side, in our little world, you know, to see 
other media outlets that we know that they were all out there racing from from yeah. the legend Ron Lawson at at dirt bike and you know Mark Tilly was out there I saw some more I saw saw a few orange helmets ripping a little orange helmet brigade <laughs> ripping around out there right so that was cool and 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 that's awesome that's we we've I mean I know even when we were part of you know when we were when we were all part of Transworld I mean we'd always you know we we've, we've never been like hey it's our event you guys aren't welcome we we welcome all we want everyone at the end of the day all these people were doing media stuff. Yeah, people look sometimes it's competitive. At least in my world, it can be that way. But I, I it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, we're all in this because we love dirt bikes and we want to ride dirt bikes. Come race. Come have fun. It, I, was, I was just telling somebody the other day, I'm like, you know, even if it was the other way around, let's say let's say High Torque owned a race here and they did it. I would hope they'd be like, dude, come race. Come out. I'd be like, hell yeah. You guys yeah. are on the best racers. I'm, I'm going to come. I want to come do it. You know, I wouldn't look at it as like, oh, I'm not going to go support you guys or I'm supporting you. And, you know, that, that, that's just... That's just crazy, you know. So it was cool to see all those guys out there riding, having fun. You know, other I saw Bob Weber from Six D. They sponsored it. He was out there. You know, he was he was he was reluctant if he was going to be able to make it. And then Sunday morning he was there, rap ripping mo, and he rips. Bob Bob Weber can fly. So yeah, I didn't know he had that in him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh yeah, that actually him. <laughs> yeah, Bob's yeah. a savage. So you know, it was it was cool to see you know all those guys. You know. Uh, guys like what's his name Kurt Nicole from KDM and that that guy rides so many moa he is so fast out there at Glen Helen I, I don't know I don't know if that guy has who has more laps than him out there that guy's always there mm-hmm. yeah so uh, even like I said Kiefer was there Kiefer was out there ripping you know on Saturday and it, it was cool it was like I said everyone everyone came together to to be a part of this event and and just and just have a good time so Dahmer your classes aren't the most uh it's not the 25 plus. You're not going for the cash money prizes. You get to enjoy those with the Modelo on in hand. Chase, you're out there working. So, what were some of the battles on track that you saw that were really good? Oh, Dahmer, did we talk about yesterday's finale? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, like I said, all the third, of course, you know, the, the 25 Pro, 30 Pro, 40 Pro. Those are kind of the premier classes of this event. You know, uh, you know what? Besides even the Clydesdale class, we'll talk about that later. But, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but, but. Uh, the you know i think i think this weekend the 25 pro, pro class seemed to kind of be the 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 elite of it all you know um i know on on saturday uh well for example saturday the 25 pro and the 40 pro were all on one gate and our own testers uh mike sleater png mike sleater he decided he was going to go ahead and do a little a little vegas double downing on himself and since they were on the same line, he put more money up and said, hey, I want to put money in the 25 Pro race because if I beat some of those guys, I want their money. And if they beat me, <laughs> they can have my money. Right. Hmm. So and I knew there was a couple. I, I heard there was a couple other either plus 40 or plus yeah. 25 that, that kind of weren't happy about that, you know, which I don't understand why they could have done the same thing. You know, if you're on the gate and you end up beating, you know, you get second overall in the entire race and you just beat. 10 of those 25 guys i'd be like yeah give me your money yeah give, give me your money and give me your contingency money from supercross or any other outdoor races that you're doing this year <laughs> yeah your sponsor money yeah all that yes all of it but but the, the two stand i mean obviously uh, brock shoemaker and alex ray were kind of in their own little class above pretty much anyone out there uh this weekend um I know they. I think. I think they split motos on Saturday. Brock won the first one. Pretty much. I mean, dude, that guy got out front and he was laying it down. Gone, I mean, Chase, yeah. we saw how many he had. He had two amazing starts ripping around Talladega yeah. on the start of those. Were amazing. I mean, that that uh, was it yesterday morning when he cut under a ray. Mm-hmm. 
oh man, that I got like almost chills because he just got under and it was like, oh, is he gonna make it? It was it was so entertaining to watch. Yeah, so then going into Sunday, you know, they had already split from Saturday, and then Sunday, I think uh, Shoemaker won the first moto, and then and it was funny because they were we only had we had fourteen motos on Sunday, and they were the last moto. So literally, like that was like the finale. Anyone that was left yeah. there on Sunday that was there, everyone, I think I think everyone kind of went out to the track, got ready for that last race, and and it didn't it didn't disappoint. I, like I said, they those two got out front. I think they must have swapped spots maybe five or six times throughout the race, just the whole time, and we, everyone was going nuts. And then there <laughs> there was this line before the finish that A Ray kept ripping this outside. But Shoemaker was cutting up on the inside tight, and he'd kind of closed the gap. And literally going to the last lap, we were like, we were just like, he better not go to that outside. He's going to get him there. And when it happened, I wasn't that shocked, but I was because Shoemaker just came right up the inside. And I, th- I think he got a little more aggressive, and I think he wanted to. They just kind of lines came together, but poor poor A Ray got the uh, got the worst end of that stick. <laughs> yeah, did A Ray end up getting up and? And finishing second, yeah, yeah, he he got up, he got up and, okay. and rolled and rolled across second, you know. But I mean, he went charge back. At first, I thought, oh, he's going, he's going to Brock Shoemaker's pits. Like, like there's going to be some words here, you know. But yeah. he didn't. I think, I think after he calmed down, he realized that yeah, he probably shouldn't have uh, taken that line on the on the last two turns from the finish. Yeah. Hey, over the last few weeks with A Ray up in Salt Lake, we had been hearing progress reports on Kenny Bell's, you know new regimen and new training lifestyle oh yeah so how did how did all that go for kenny on track dude kenny rips kenny rips dude he is legit he is a good rider (laughs) kenny taco bell kenny taco bell yeah kenny taco bell is a finely tuned athlete right now okay (laughs) i mean from from his training on and off the motorcycle and, and and i mean he's the ultimate he's the ultimate vet athlete right now from like i said cycling Concept two, uh, running, motoing, beer drinking. I mean, there it's he's he's got the perfect platform, right? and I think he's only going to get better. You yeah, and what? his racecraft's improving too because he went to just a regular swap moto race a couple weeks ago. Yeah, to get some some uh, little preparation in. So that, that hey, remember we we that. talked about that a while back when when I think Avery was on the show a, long, a few weeks back, right when he moved in with Kenny because he rents a room from Kenny, and yeah. and I was even saying I'm like. I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of this dynamic is because it's gonna go. It's gonna go two ways. Either, either Kenny's gonna rub off more on A Ray, and A Ray could become a full blown alcoholic derelict, right? <laughs> or, or, or A Ray's gonna rub off on Kenny, and Kenny's and he's gonna be like, yeah, dude, you're not eating that anymore, and you're on the training program. But I think, I think in that household, they found a, they found a nice little happy medium for them all. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. The- hey, and it was it was funny. Pilo and I were laughing because on that last race yesterday, in that last moto, Kenny Kenny looked like a mini dad out there, like running right. down the side of the track, cheering A Ray, like give him. A, he he was he he looked like he was his trainer slash father slash roommate slash mechanic. The whole works. Yeah, Kenny's legit. The first big memory that I have of him is us in Switzerland, him doing backflips and then going outside where it was like five degrees and then smoking a cigarette. And I was like, that's badass. <laughs> yeah. That guy don't, he doesn't, he doesn't smoke anymore. Yeah, he's, he's, legit. he's, he, like I told you the, the, the A-Ray Kenny Taco Bell bromance is real. Chapter two yeah. in the Kenny Taco Bell saga. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we, they might have to. His nickname might go away soon because there is no Taco Bell in his program. Chipotle. No, he might be. He might be alongside Ariel on that Cali team next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, everything else, Dahmer, you said Clydesdale class. I think that's like our big claim to fame with the Trans Am too. So for anybody asking, what is the Clydesdale class? What do we got to do to contend in that? So, so the Clydesdale class is, is basically a class that we made, what, three years ago, four mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah. basically um, it's, we've kind of ripped it off from the, from the like bicycle world, more like the mountain bike world. But obviously in, in, if anyone's ever done any mountain bike racing at a local level, they do always have a Clydesdale class. And it's basically an open class of, uh, of people that, uh, people that do, uh, that do, um, uh, it, there's no level. There's no beginner. There's no pro. There's no expert. It's based basically upon a a weight of 220 pounds or or more. So yeah, you know, mainly mainly put together for the 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 full figured man. You know, the season the season waistline man, as we like to say, that as, uh, enjoys. Yeah, you know, as the commercial said, the uh, man that enjoys the finer things in life. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, there, there there's a, there's a few of of us. Uh, you know well-developed men out there that, uh, you know, can't, com- you know, they, they, well, I don't want to say can't compete, but it's just, it was just a fun thing. And it's funny because every year, every year that class is the biggest class of the whole weekend. No pun intended. Right. No pun intended. Yes. No. <laughs> no pun intended. But I think that's but cool. Again, no, that that's badass. Yeah. Because like Dahmer, you're fast. Like you rip legitimately for like people that know you and have seen you ride, you have great bike control. Like you have good style, like you know what to do out there. But then at the same time too, like when you get into a battle with another dude that's in your class, it's like 155 pounds. Like it's not exactly an even comparison. So it's cool to see all of you guys get out there together because it's like a UFC fight. It's everybody in the same weight division, just going at it. Yeah. Yeah, It's cool because I think, I think I think another thing with that class is, I mean, I've talked to guys in that, and they're like, they're like, yeah, I would probably have not even come and do this event, but I did because of this class. Mm-hmm. You know, I came out because, yeah, I'm, I'm not in the best shape. I don't get to ride so much, and I know if I try to ride, you know, my plus thirty, you know, whatever class, I'm gonna get smoked and this and that. Where this one, it's fun. I know I'm a good, I mean, like that. They look at us like, you know, I'm gonna go against some guy that's 50, 60 pounds lighter than me or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and it's just, it's just not gonna work. So. And I think, and like I said, it's fun. They they kind of look at it as like, hey, this is all guys in my same kind of you know field, and and we're here, you know we're here to have a good time. And sometimes there is there is a guy that comes in that that probably was a ex pro or something, but now he's you know start, like you said, started enjoying the finer things in life and <laughs> put on some lbs through the years, drinking a little too many beers, and you know he, he's but he still likes to ride and have fun and and goes out there and 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 is way faster than all of us. But hey, that's all right. That's like I said, it's just a it's just a fun class and. It's been pretty cool to see how big that class has become throughout the year and people. That's why this year Chase and I made some fun and, and made a cool little video about the class. If you haven't seen it, check it out on our on our swapmotorlive.com uh, Instagram. It's it was it was a fun little thing we put together leading up to this event. You know, while we've yeah. been on the phone, like just especially just talking about this, thinking how Loretta's did those age broke like breakdown super regionals and stuff like that, where it was the plus 25 or expert classes, whatever the age class is all separated. Really. I do think that there is a big market for these vet class races anywhere in the country right now. Like there doesn't only have to be two a year us and then world vet. I think any local track could probably make something pretty cool with that kind of event. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, I, I honestly think, I mean, I know we have, I mean, even our regular swap moto race series, I mean, we have a, we have so many classes at that event, but I yeah. almost think it'd be cool if they did a Clydesdale class Every at race. that event on, yeah. on a normal, you know, I, I think that would be cool to add. I mean, even a lot of guys want to ride their normal, you know, age class or level class, but it's like, you know, some guys, I know we have like an open class, but stuff like that. But I think if you did a Clydesdale, I think even a lot of guys, I think would even come out just to specifically do that class. Mm-hmm. No, I think so too. I think that especially as like at vet racing, you know, when I went to that one in Iowa a few weeks ago, the vet classes are huge. They're just as big as like the 250C classes at some point in time. Okay. So yeah, going forward with that then, Dahmer, like Clydesdale class, I mean, do you guys race each other differently? You know, are you not afraid to like lean it in on each other because there's a little bit more? No, no, I I didn't feel any different in those classes. You know what I mean? It was just, I mean... It's like I said, it's just a fun thing. You look down the line, you see all the guys, like especially in the staging. That's kind of where everyone kind of comes together before you get, you know, getting your gate pick. And you look down, you can see just like, wow, there's some big dudes out here, you know. <laughs> and there's and and like I said, and, and even 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 like walking around, like some guy, oh, you're in the Clydesdale. And I mean, I even had guys come up to me and they were like, dude, I saw your video. Like that's why I came out here. Like this was awesome. And like I wouldn't even come to this thing to race, but I thought I saw this class and I'm like, this is going to be fun. And I came out here and. And, you know, like they were stoked to, you know, see, see me and like, oh, dude, we're sad you guys did this and this is cool. And, and, you know, even, even that, like we were talking earlier about, about, about the vet racing, you know, here in Southern California, there's a lot, there's a lot of other vet only organizations, mm-hmm. you know, like over the hill gang, SoCal old timer. I mean, these are, these are events that, you know, these guys have a little bit of series that goes around Southern California. That's specifically for vet riders. And I know a lot of those guys are very loyal to those organizations which is fine and all, but this weekend they were all there. You know, yeah. I saw so many over the hill gang guys, so many of them. It's like, it's like, it was cool to have everyone from whatever organization come down, come together and go, Hey, this is a cool event. It's all for vets. Let's all come together and just have some fun. And like I said, especially of what the craziness that's going on in the world right now and, and everything, it, it was really rad. And, and, and Hey, I want to give a shout out to our crew, Craig Davis and Aaron Cook and the girls behind thing. I mean, we put this whole event together in like a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once, once, once we, I was really even shocked when he was like, Hey, we're going to do Trans Am. And I was like, really? Like, are you <laughs> sure? Like, I don't even know if can we even pull this off in time. And, and we did, there was a lot of last minute stuff and, and some trophy stuff. And sure. I mean, a lot of last minute, you know, things that came together, but all in all it, after the weekend's over, it, it everyone had a good time. Like I said, we, I think we had what, what we were talking about earlier, one injury over those three days. One guy yeah. fell and broke his arm, and I, that was really the only thing I really heard of the whole time. That's because you old guys know how to keep it within your means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. I mean, we, I mean, like I said, we, we run the regular SWAT motor race series that runs you know every month, and you know it seems like every time that there's always, and it always yeah. is, it's the younger novice classes. Those guys just break themselves off. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, boys. Well, hey, that was good. It's good talk. Vet racing. Always go out there. Always go do it. Let's take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about the latest happenings in the 2020 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship and MXGP world. So sit through these commercials. We'll come right back. What's up? This is Justin Barsha of the Monster Energy Yamaha team, and I trust the Rye Helmet. I know that every helmet is handcrafted in Japan and that the people who work at a Rye are obsessed with building the best helmet they could possibly can. Staying safe is a priority for me, and this is why I choose Arai Helmets. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. 
Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails or if you want to go a bit further longer and faster they they just brought out a new taser e-bike which is uh, yeah everyone's given the double thumbs up on so head down to your local intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at intensecycles.com check it out guys what's up this is christian craig as a motocross racer being in top physical shape is a must and my favorite way to train is cycling and whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey, what's up guys? Malcolm Stewart. Worst Connection has been building a vest aluminum parts and motocross for the last 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device and their original adjustable clutch perch assemblies, I am proud to use it on my Motoconcept Honda. Check them out at WorksConnection.com. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Vescondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Thanks for setting through the commercials. Michael Antonovich, Chase Curtis, Dominic Gaten here with the 60 Helmets Kickstart podcast for this week. Now that we have the Trans Am clicked off, let's talk about the pro scene a, a little bit. Um, we're a few weeks away from the 2020 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship kicking off at Ironman, but there's only two races so far set for that schedule, and there's been a lot of happenings going on with how much of this is going to actually go on this year. I've heard some things. Mm-hmm. Chase, you've heard some things. Dahmer, you've heard some things. So yeah. let's just provide a little update. As of right now, only two dates are confirmed. I would think a few more hopefully do come uh, by the middle of this week. Uh, the race leader tip, race leadership team will have a meeting, kind of discuss all their stuff from there. Um, what I had heard initially was it was going to go Indiana to Florida to Washougal, but it sounds like that's becoming a little bit less likely now. So now there mm-hmm. will be no trip past the Rockies, I think that California might be out of the question. Uh, Davey Coombs said something in an MX Large interview a few weeks ago that said there was no California National, but then in Racerhead last week, he said that they're hopeful now that they could get something to happen. But everything I've heard is that Colorado might be the farthest west race that we have this year, and that won't be until like October. Um, I would be really surprised if there's anything on the west coast from south to north at all because yeah i agree i mean the west out here is is messed up um and the thing that's going on with washugal i know that there's been talk about that race going on they only have a certain time frame of when they can have that race go on the huffman family up there uh they have to work a lot with the state and the local authorities to make sure this happens they only have a limited time frame of of getting the support from the local police 
So if they don't have that support, the event can't be run because of all the traffic. Like Chase, you and I went there last year. There's no getting yeah. in and out of those back roads there easily. Like you have to have some no. kind of police presence to help coordinate traffic. So the further we get into the summer, the less likely that round becomes. High Point is supposed to be pretty okay. Um, that being a Coombs family race productions own property, all that stuff should be okay. Uh, Loretta's the same thing, but it sounds like there won't be a lot of racing in August as to what I've heard even just as recently as this weekend. Um, we'll get through Florida, and then a lot of effort will turn on getting the Loretta's Amateur National, Loretta's Quad Race, now, and now, then eventually now, the Anton, Loretta's speak, Pro Race. Yeah, speaking of Loretta's, I mean, you said there was only two. I mean, I thought I thought there was three with with uh, 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 Indiana, Indiana and Florida, and then Loretta, you know, them actually doing a pro national at Loretta Lynn's Ranch. Right, but there's only two with a confirmed date. Loretta's mm. is still mm. on the schedule, but there's no, like, hey, we're going to be here on this date. Wow. So that's that's where mm -hmm. we're at right now, and the same goes for High Point, Redbud, which I've heard is tentative, even if they are trying to go um, later into the year, Spring Creek, Colorado, all of those tracks have intent to race, but there's no confirmation of a date on them. Uh, I heard now. What about what about? I have, I'm I'm surprised there's been no talk of Unadilla. Dilla is apparently out out. Um, out just out. as far wow. as everything in New York State goes, and then trying to get crowds and all the stuff that would happen up there. Yeah, it sounds like just the restrictions that are still in place, no matter what phase that people are in. Um, limited attendance, limit, limited occupation, all that stuff. Like, yeah, it sounds like they would not be able to make that run, that race happen under those circumstances. Um, and then even when we do go to Indiana and Florida, there are going to be some big restrictions in place. The pro pits will not be open to the public. Um, mm -hmm. A mask won't be required. Like, you won't have to wear one on property, but they will be recommended. So it's on you as a spectator of what you're going to do about that. Um, but I, I don't know of like a hard limit on how many people they will allow to come because even though it is summertime and there is a lot of property, you know, at Ironman and at Florida, I would still think there is a limit on how many people that they could have attend while still enforcing social distancing and all that stuff too. Yeah. So yeah, um, the biggest thing right now though is, is getting through those two races. From what I'm seeing in California, like Chase, you went to Paula the other day, Fox Raceway. Glenn Helen's yeah. been buzzing. Guys are still putting in the work to get this done. You know, Chase Sexton did his oh, first yeah. full testing day. Webb's out there testing with KTM. Husky's out there doing it. So there is an effort to get this stuff done, but it seems like there's a lot of hesitation as to is this going to happen or not. Oh, yeah. Just walking around that. Uh, I went to Paula on uh, Friday and just walking around from pit to pit and talking to the riders and stuff and the, the mechanics to everyone. Half of them are like, Dude, there's no way we're even going racing. Like, mm -hmm. it, there, everyone's very hesitant on what's happening. But I think, I think some guys went into Supercross in Utah, having not rode, and it hurt them a lot because they were just like, "There's no way we're going racing." So I think a lot of people learned from that and are like, "All right, let's prepare just in case we end up winding up in a couple weeks." Mm -hmm. And the, the yeah, and then nice Thursday too. Yeah, go ahead, Dummer. Yeah, Thursday, Thursday, I know this last Thursday, Glen Helen was like normal business, you know, national time. I mean, out here in Southern California, once the national start, Glen Helen, Paula, these tracks turn into literally like a national. You could go out there and, I mean, if you're, if you feel you want to do that and take that risk and go ride with these guys, you can, I, you couldn't pay me to go to Glen Helen on a Thursday and ride with these guys. Cause you just literally get run over. But 
that, you know, from what we heard, I mean, it was just literally a national out there on Thursday, just every team. I know people that were setting that got there to camp Thursday night for Trans Am. And they were like five, six o'clock. They're like, yeah, Jason Anders and Webb were still hammering laps at Glen Helen yeah. at like six o'clock at night. You know, and yeah. Dahmer, you and I talked about this separately earlier today. I cannot believe that KTM and Husky allowed those guys to go out at Glen Helen on a Thursday like that. Yeah, I mean, right. obviously, we we know the past of what's gone on. I mean, they've had riders injured and their whole season gone. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how. That's why I said I don't know how people you go there knowing those guys are going to be there and why you'd want to even ride. I mean, I get it. It was right before our, our big event over the weekend. And I heard there was a lot of vet guys and I get it. I mean, I heard there was even kids too. As a parent, I would never let my kid go on the track when I know these dudes are out there. Like, I don't care how fast my kid is, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not safe. And it's not safe for the kids, not safe for the, for the pro racers. You know, it only takes a split second for somebody to come off the track to a different place. And th- those guys are going so fast. They're going so fast. Mm-hmm. you know and and things happen you know but but like i said it, it was cool to see this you know you, when i started hearing it and seeing you know a lot of stuff on instagram of them testing you know it definitely got me excited because i'm like oh my god they have to make this outdoors happen it's i mean anton you and i were talking about early this morning about last night on nbc sports on tv they were showing bud's creek and and iron man from last year and like just just watching those nationals again last night i was just like oh my god they they have to make this happen because the Nationals are so awesome. There was a clip, yeah. like when we were watching it last night, it's just Tomac, I think 10, 12 seconds ahead of Bud's Creek last few laps, about to clinch the championship, and he's completely by himself, and you can just hear him ripping that bike. And it's so different than Supercrosses. Like, you could just hear the audio of just him getting on the gas and, like, lugging it out of deep corners and everything. And It's a completely different animal than Supercrosses. I'm really excited to see how it goes this summer. I mean, I want to watch racing so bad, but yeah, dude, every day I'm like a little bit more uncertain on what's going to go on from there. Um, yeah, but yeah, and we're here, you know, obviously, obviously I'm excited to see, you know, you, you got Chase Sexton coming into the 450s who, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we'll see. But I mean, we've heard some, we've heard some initial reports from just Thursday and people, other pro guys, I'm not going to say many, but other pro guys that were there practicing and were like, literally like that's came right out of their mouth. Like, dude. Say Sexton is blind. Mm-hmm. I've heard that for a bit too. I've heard that he's really, really going well, and I think that uh, he really wants to make a statement that he deserves that 450 ride. He's going to do whatever he can to get results soon because so many people have discredited the accomplishments that he's had. You know, 2019 250 East Coast title, winning it again this year, getting a factory contract. I, I really think he wants to go out there and just make a statement every time he gets out on the track. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chase. Yeah, and I think Tom and I think Tomac. You know, Tomac's running down. I think. I mean, what 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 is this? If Tomac were to win this year again outdoor, what would that be? Four five. in a row. I think five. You know, not in a row though. Four in a row, five total. I'm trying to think. Hold on. I know it'd be four outdoor titles in a row because he's yeah, won four in a row, row and then he won the one with Honda, right? Yeah. So yeah. so five total, four in a row. I mean, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and, know, and, and that's I mean, a run and. Marvin coming back, Zach Osborne emerging, yeah. Cooper Webb, you know, having a full program, not kind of being in the Supercross championship hangover that he was in last year. Anderson's going well. Dino's healthy. Barsha and Plessinger, you know, I think are really adamant to get out there after kind of slipping and sliding on the hard pack at Utah for so long. They're ready to let their bikes eat outdoors. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes that are Roxen, Yeah, Roxon. I mean, Roxon can do it. You know, it's, yeah. yeah that 450 class has become, I mean, there's literally – 
six, seven dudes that could win motos easily. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get however many races into this season, and we'll see, like, oh, yeah, there's three dudes that are winning motos. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And then every position back from that is just a dogfight. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. The other big thing in the 250 class is the void that Pro Circuit has to fill. Chase, you've been pretty close to that with seeing Dylan Walsh ride the other day. I've talked to Darian Sinai yeah. a little bit. That spot at Mitch Payton's team is pretty coveted. Uh, I heard Enzo Lopes' name is, is being talked about, too, especially with his big Brazilian fan base. So, Chase, what are you hearing Him out and, there? And uh, also, uh, yeah, Robbie Wageman, Lopes, uh, Sinai, and Walsh. And I believe they all rode the bike, I want to say, on Thursday. So they've all tried out, and I think we'll find out sometime this week. We'll find out who ends up getting that spot. But uh, do you think that do we know if they'll do we know if they'll just get one more guy to be McAdoo's teammate, or will they fill a four man team? I think they're just trying to do one guy. Mm -hmm. I think as just far one. as I've heard, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the Forkner thing, real quiet on what happened with him in the showdown. And then over the mm -hmm. weekend, his fiance posted that they just got out of the hospital. So whatever it is is fairly serious. Whatever I've been trying to get has not led uh, led too many details as to how serious this injury is. But it must be something if you stay in the hospital an extra five or six days. Yeah, he got he got lawn darted. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it sounds like it was a lot of internal stuff. And I mean, if you're there for that long, they're really checking over you to make sure that nothing else goes wrong. I would be su I would mm -hmm. be surprised if there was you know, talk of, like, a serious, serious issue, and he just kind of hit it when he got on the Astros or the Alpine Stars mule and rode out of the stadium. Because I thought when he got taken out of the track that day, I watched it all happen. I was like, oh, yeah, he did his shoulder. It couldn't, you know, that'll take a while, and that's painful. I had no idea it was internal stuff that bad. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Chase, other stuff that you're hearing from being the guy at the test track, what's going on? Word is Christian Craig's riding a 450 for the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's, he's been, uh, that's what he's been doing his motos on during the week. And he looks like scary, scary fast on that thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Friday at Paula, there's no question. He was the fastest guy on the track. I, we watched them all take off through their motos and Craig was behind everyone and caught and passed everyone he was doing motos with. So there's another guy to just stir things on a already stacked class. I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, and we've seen Christian down this path before, you know. We, mm -hmm. We've seen him on the factory, got the factory Honda Outdoor, what, two years ago, you know? Yeah. And same thing, riding around, everyone's like, oh, I mean, come on, there's no denying the guy's got talent beyond, and he looks he looks like he's not even trying, but somehow he's just flying out there. And, you know, hopefully hopefully that happens, he can stay there, because I know, remember, he had the incident at Glen Helen, you know, whole shot it, yeah. led it, and then had a bad crash and was done. So, yeah. You know, I, I mean, knock on wood, I don't want to see Christian hurt anymore. And no Glenn no, Helen on the yeah. schedule. I think that he will be very happy about that. Him and, yeah. I, him and, I, him and I both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, Chase, we had, I'd heard that a little bit. He had been kind of leaning one way or another. He did that interview with Casey, our Dunlop checking in with last week, and said right. it wasn't confirmed yet. But I'd heard a lot about the 450 stuff too, and he's not hidden it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other big thing, international news, Antonio Cairoli signs a one-year contract extension with Red Bull KTM MXGP. Dahmer, you're mm -hmm. the big MXGP guy. Chase, you watch it too. But to see these guys keep another year with Cairoli, I mean, that's big. I think that 2020 was going to be the deciding year of if he stays around or not. But now that this has all been put on pause, he's going to do it again. We'll see what happens in 2021. 
Yeah. Do we even have, I mean, where are we at with MXGP? Has there been, yeah. has so, there been any talk of when they're going to actually do something or what? There was rumor that there was supposed to be a new schedule today, maybe tomorrow coming out. Um, the talk is that it wouldn't start until September now uh, because they want to have fans at their races the same way that the pro motocross does, but the restrictions for that aren't going to be lifted until much later in the year. There were a couple mm-hmm. smaller national races in like Slovenia, uh, Lithuania over the weekend that guys rode, rode at like Geyser took that brand new 450 works Honda and rode a Slovenian race, which is just so badass. Um, so there were a few races, one in Czech Republic too. Um, so yeah, there were a few events going on, but nothing on the pro scene to MXGP yet. Their talk is, like I said, September, but then they're also trying to kind of push because Formula One and MotoGP are going to start in the next few weeks too. However, they're not going to have fans at all, or if there is fans, it'll be very limited. Um, so Promo or MXGP just have, has to wait that out. I think that if we get to September or middle of August and no racing has started yet, it's only going to be a handful of races. And then that mm-hmm. brings Motocross of Nations into a huge question also. Um, European countries have already said that there will be restrictions for United States coming to Europe. And then now there's talk that team USA will not come to the 2020 motocross of nations, no matter what. Wow. Wow. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if, if MXGP keeps getting pushed back and they finally reschedule and it's not starting till, you know, late September, October, something like that. And, and and our MX nationals here in America get really happen July 18th and July, August. Tell you what, I would love to see a Hurlings, a Caroli, a Paulin, a Seer. These yeah. guys, somehow they figured out and go, hey, let's go to America and race because they've never been able to do it. Now you have an opportunity to come here and lay it down. See, yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see that too. But I think that right now um, there's way too many obstacles and hurdles in the way especially if they have mm-hmm. like any kind of indication that they're going to go racing later in the year. All of their logistics and budgets and sponsors are all intended for that series. And then coming here, yep. finding out where you're going to live, doing it for this long. you know. And I think a lot of Europeans straight up are just afraid of the United States right now. Like They're seeing how this thing is getting handled where they're over the hump on COVID cases and then we're still kind of going up and going up. I don't think that there's a lot of European guys that are like, yeah, put me on a flight to go to the Americas right now. Mm-hmm. I have a room for rent for Hurlings if he wants to come stay. I'm sure you do. <laughs> he can just write Glenn <laughs> Helen all the time. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we'll be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that stuff goes because they were only two races in and it's completely on pause. You know, we could have seen Geyser at his finest on a new bike. Hurlings ready to go out there and do what he needs to do. Kai really ready to go. Seawer is, I think, way underrated at going pretty well. You know, there's a lot of stuff still left to be unanswered over there. And if mm-hmm. we have to wait three more weeks, four more weeks, eight more weeks until we find out what happens, I just want to see those guys kind of go at it on the track because that's shaping up to be just as incredible of a season as the Supercross season was. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hey, well, um, we'll start wrapping this thing up. Any other big talking points that you guys want to, to note on, or is it just get ready to watch Formula 1 and MotoGP, Dahmer? Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for MotoGP. MotoGP is going to be amazing. Cool. Uh, I I have one question, Anton. Yeah, go for it. So, if as far as the outdoors in the states, as far if if we only can do two tracks, if there's only those two tracks that we can go to, say in two weeks, are they going to do double 
double the races at those tracks, or what are they going to do? We can't just have a two-race schedule. Double the races like on race weekends or just keep going back to those tracks? Just go back to those tracks in another weekend. Yeah, kind of like a Utah Supercross thing. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. What I've heard is that the OEMs, if they don't get a schedule of a certain amount of dates, like at least six or eight rounds or something like that, they're not going to come support just two rounds. They're not going to go put in all this work and all this effort just to go do two races and then just be like, all right, we're done. You know? Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is it would have to be a couple tracks that are really down for the cause to keep putting that much money up over and over and over again, because as the mm-hmm. promoter, you're, re- you're responsible for the purse fee for all of the, lo- the logistics, like, getting the paramedics there, making sure the fans are taken care of, concessions, all of that stuff. I mean, this will be a really weird year because especially here in the Midwest and, and further east, like there are no county fairs, there are no homecomings, there are no nothing like that this year. So there are a lot of concessions people, security people, stuff like that that are ready to work. But at the same time, too, I think it's really hard to expect the same crew of promoters to keep putting up all of that every couple of weeks just to maybe have races. Uh, they kind of need to yeah. spread the spread it around a little bit to take the stress off of guys. But at the same time, too, like the longer this goes, the less answers there are, the more frustrated the teams get. And then the more pushback there is of like, well, what's going to happen when we do finally get going? You know, having those races in Utah, I think that it was a huge, huge thing to be there in one place for seven races in three weeks. You know, we never had to deal with fans. We all knew where we were at all times. Not a big deal. But then to bring in the element of having fans, taking this thing on tour to different states with different restrictions right now, and then putting the responsibility onto different parties instead of it just being felled, footing the bill for everything, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be what causes the big, big issue. Yeah, and I think I've heard some people, like even this weekend, people are talking the same thing. We kind of they're like, oh, why don't they just do like they did Utah Supercross and like just stay in Ironman and do like a couple races a week. And I'm like, hey, this is – this is not supercross, yeah. you know, yeah. this, is, this is outdoor racing. Like it's a whole nother ball game, you know, from the, the tracks, the, 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 I mean, obviously you, you take the heat and humidity, the conditions come into play, but I mean, those guys, I mean, they put out so much at those races that they, they can't turn around and race two days later. There'd be no way. No, there'd be no, no way. Yeah. And the amount of damage that it would do to the bikes too. I mean, you would. Yeah. Oh yeah. The mechanics would stuff. just be like mechanics would just be pulling their hair out. Mm-hmm. Cause those, mm-hmm. Sunday, Wednesday races, those were a bit of a grind for mechanics up there, you know, especially on race day because you had a reduced schedule. But then every day they were at the track working or in the pits working or in there yeah. something working. And yeah, and you're, and you're talking about that you're, again. And you're probably referring more to the factory mechanic. I mean, imagine the privateer guys, mm-hmm. you know, imagine, and then, I mean, imagine the privateer guys in outdoors, you know, they, you know, they, it's, they're, they're really, you know, destroying product and, and parts and going through stuff, you know, so it's it's a lot harder on equipment the outdoors is than supercross. I think the other thing is too as a guy that was in Utah for that whole time, that was a great place to be for three weeks. You know? Yeah. Everything was there, housing was great, food was great, there was plenty of activities to do, all that other stuff. Knowing that Saint that Supercross could have came to St. Louis and done the exact same thing, like thirty five minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I, it would have been great for me because I wouldn't have had to have gone anywhere and we would have saved so much money as a company, but dudes would have been miserable. And the logistics... Yeah, I don't think they would have had the same experience no, in St. Louis they did in Utah. By about race three, they'd be over it. And 
any place you get outside of Utah, which is like a big resort vacation community, nobody's going on vacation to rent these Airbnbs or these long-stay hotels in Indianapolis or something like that. Just the structure isn't there to help facilitate that. You know, I think that if you, you would be asking a lot of everybody just to keep going back to the same track every week. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, going into this year with the 2020 Supercross schedule, you know, obviously the Utah Sports Group paid a lot of money to become the finale of Supercross. So obviously, Glenn, or uh, Vegas has been the finale for many years, and them paying to be like, hey, we want it. And obviously, you know, you know, people were, people have, I know a lot of people were like, what do you mean there's no Vegas finale? Oh, my gosh, especially here in California. Everyone, it's kind of like, you know, Supercross, we head to Vegas. You know, it's a three-hour drive for us, and you go there and get in all your debauchery you do there. But, but uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, this COVID thing was probably the best thing that ever happened to Utah and with all happened because it looked like they were from, from every writer, mechanic, media, everyone that was there, you know, hunkered down in Utah, it turned into literally the best advertisement for Utah outdoors is exactly what they wanted. And they got it. I've told everybody, I've told everybody that I've talked to like, Hey, how was the trip? Utah is the place to go on a vacation. If you're an outdoor guy, that's the place to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. this year my girlfriend and I, I we, I got us plane tickets and a hotel. We went to the Harlington Supercross, and I did a little bit of work, but not much. A lot of play, and I think next year now after seeing all this, I want to do that for Salt Lake because mm-hmm. it just looks so fun out there. Yeah, yeah, it's rad. I like. I've even told my wife like, you know what? We probably will do a vacation in Utah another time. Like just to go, yeah. no racing, no nothing. Just go hang out up there. It's a cool place. I can um, see yeah. you in you. I can see you in the misses in Utah, Anton. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's <laughs> it's very different than we, everybody thinks when they think like Salt Lake City Mormons. Like it's very different than that. That is there, but like uh-huh. even Don and I were like, man, there is a lot of like, there was a lot of Black Lives Matter protests. There was a lot of rainbow flags during Pride Month. Like it was very liberal. <laughs> And then it, it was like a very. That's big, why I said I can see. It you was a very big like Anton. juxtaposition up against like the locale of what everybody thinks of Utah. I I, I said just do that three weeks and seeing riders and people that I follow on Instagram like seeing their you know when they when they weren't at the races whether they were fishing mountain biking road biking you know just just all the activities I mean I I don't think anybody came back from there and was like I I don't never want to go back there it's, I mean like I said I heard people that were even like. Hey, let's plan a trip just to go there. Like that, that's a good weekend. Just to go and mountain bike and go do like, like it's not that far, you know, let's go there. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, like I said, when the Utah sports group arranged to have the finale there, um, you know, they, they were hoping to get this result. And because of the, of the COVID virus, I think uh, it, it really helped them really seal that deal for people to, you know, put, put Utah, there's Salt Lake City in that area on the map for, like you said, a destination vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Start um, saving up, Dahmer. Go do it next year. We'll get you an e-bike. Maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Cool. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast. As always, check out SwapMotoLive.com on the internet, SwapMotoLive.com on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff for more moto content. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Clydesdale for life. <laughs>